Welcome back to Being Eve. I'm your host, Casey Alexis, and today I have an amazing guest with me. Her name is Dr. April Jones. She is a public speaker, author of No Mess, No Message, and owner of the Drifted Drum Company. She is also an oncology medical director who holds a doctorate in pharmacy. But along with all her professional credentials, it's her personal journey that makes her an authority on transforming pain into purpose and struggle into strength. Dr. Jones is the mother of three boys and a wife who lives near Nashville, Tennessee. Her oldest son is a cancer survivor, amputee, and internationally competitive adaptive athlete and TEDx youth presenter. Through love, faith, hope, and inner discovery, Dr. Jones' story helps others heal while finding comfort and courage during the most difficult times. Ladies, help me welcome Dr. April Jones. All right. Welcome, April. Welcome to Being Eve. Thank you, Casey. Thank you so much for having me tonight. Absolutely. I'm excited about having you on tonight. I'm so thankful for the opportunity just to have you on the podcast to share your story and for your willingness to share your story and be a part of this movement. So I've shared your formal bio with the audience. So please take this time right now to share your creation story. Who is April? Well, I uh, I grew up small town girl, you know, in West Tennessee and, um, you know, married my high school sweetheart and I, uh, have three, three kids, three beautiful boys and a career in the healthcare field. Mm. I, uh, am an author and a spiritual leader. We formed a company called the Drifted Drum Company that mm. is really all about encouraging others to, um, find, you know, strength and struggle and purpose in their pain. And, um, you know, and I have just said, you know, God, I'll go where you have me to go and I'll do what you have me to do and say what you'd have me to say. And so Mm. here I am. I love that. I love that. Now with every story, right. I typically say that, you know, with we all have this one thing that we hold on to in scripture, right. That captures our story. When I read your questionnaire, you had Jeremiah 29, 11 there. That's one of my favorites. Explain why that particular scripture is one of those scriptures you hold on to firmly in your faith. Absolutely. Um, it's been one that I've clung to for, for years and, really in, in writing my book, I even realized how much, how much more that's true and just ingrained into, you know, every fiber is, um, you know, we can be smart and educated and, and talented and, um, make a good plan for ourselves and Mm -hmm. work hard, but there are things that happen that we don't plan for. Mm. And if we feel like we're doing it all on our own, we are going to just be overwhelmed and um, overcome with disappointment whenever what we do doesn't work out. 
So, um, you know, understanding that God has a greater plan and that I might not understand what's happening at the time, but that God does and that he can use it for my good. And he does have a plan for me, even when I'm not sure what my plan should be. Um, it really gives me so much strength. Now, for those of you who do not know, Jeremiah 29, 11 is the uh, most amazing scripture that says, for I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I tried to, um, I paraphrase a little bit. It may be. <laughs> no, that was good. Okay, okay, <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. I love that scripture um, as well. Because, yes, as you said, you know, when things get tough and um, when we may not fully understand, but we know at the end of the day that God has a plan for us and it's never to harm us. But that plan is to give us a hope and a future. Can you give the ladies an example of when that did happen in your own life where you experienced something where you didn't understand and where God truly showed you Jeremiah 29, 11 in your own experience? Absolutely. Um, And in my book, I actually share several circumstances, Mm. um, many, because I think that, um, you know, sometimes people think you just have this one thing happen to you that's bad. And then, you know, that's the story of your life. That's the story of your life is overcoming that one thing. But, you know, I've had, I've, I've definitely struggled with various versions of, you know, those times where I really, battled, um, something scary or disappointing. Mm -hmm. And, um, for me, one of the things that I share the most about in my book was our journey with my son's childhood cancer. Mm -hmm. I was in pharmacy school and he was two at the time. And, uh, you know, we just gotten through this unplanned pregnancy Mm -hmm. and he was born premature and so I thought, okay, well, now we're good. We're back on track. Let's, right. let's do what we got to do. And then um, he, it was uh, right before the age of two when we found out that, that he, in fact, um, had fibrosarcoma. So, mm. And I think um, definitely, you know, the part about how God has a plan for a future and for us to prosper. And I think being able to conceptualize that that future might look different than we imagined and just being able to let go of um, feeling like we have to control what that picture is going to be. And then, and, and understand that, you know, we have a part, we play a part in that and um, we can make choices and we can react to what's happening to us. But um, we also have to understand that, you know, it's our Lord and father is the one that, really is, you know, the master of the universe. And um, we have to understand that we we can't, you know, especially when we're dealing with cancer or another scary diagnosis like that, it it really does humble you and and make you understand that you can't um, fix everything on your own. Right. That's, um, I don't want to put put us all in this one bucket, but with, uh, I find with women, we tend to have control issues. We tend to want to control everything. And when it comes to our children, 
that's one area, you know, where it's like, wow, that's something that's so precious to us because they, we carry them for nine months, right? Uh, we, we give birth to them, we feed them, we nurture them, um, we care for them. And so when our children get sick and it's something that's outside of our control and you have to, you literally have to surrender all at that point to the Lord. How did you do that, right? Just um, share a little bit about how you were able to even do that, how you were able to overcome that piece where now you couldn't control his sickness, right? It was something mm -hmm. in the hands of the doctors and most importantly, in the hands of God. I think at the beginning, I thought that I should, you know, I, I tend to analyze things and I just tried to be very optimistic. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, you know, at first we found out that, you know, he had a tumor and I was like, um, trying to understand the process, like all the steps that come next. And so, you know, the next step is, is just getting all the facts and not trying to worry beyond what I knew was true, you know, not trying to like formulate this massive hurricane wave tsunami coming at me, you know, like when it might not have been that. So I tried right. not to get overwhelmed. So just understanding the steps. And so at first I was like, okay, well, you know, like we just have to figure out what's going on. And if it's a tumor, then it's a tumor and we'll have to then see what it is. And right. so we found out it indeed was a tumor and not a cyst. And then we, um, the next step was we had to do the biopsy and then we had to find out that whether it was cancer or not. And our initial diagnosis was actually that it was not cancer. Mm. And, um, what it, you know, with, with the, with a tumor, especially when it's larger than a certain size, um, it can vary greatly. So when you do a needle biopsy, depending on where that needle goes within that tumor, the cells may look a little different than other parts of that tumor. So, you know, what came back was, well, we, we don't think it's cancer. We think it's, you know, some kind of benign tumor and, um, like a calcified growth. And then, um, so we went through this, I was like, okay, well I can deal with that. And so then we did surgery and I was like, we just have to deal with surgery and getting better. And, um, then when they did the surgery and they took the tumor out and uh, analyzed the whole thing, they were like, oh no, this is definitely cancer. And so at that point it was a new battle. And, um, mm. I remember my friends asking me, you know, and mind you, I'm just trying to learn how to be an adult and be a mom right. and I'm a full-time right. student. I'm 22. Right. <laughs> and right. I said, you know, they were like, um, you know, well, what's going on? And I said, you know, when I thought that at first I said, okay, well, you know, maybe it's a cystin, not a tumor. If it's not a tumor, I'll be okay. And then it was a tumor. And then I said, okay, well, as long as it's not cancerous, we'll be okay. And then now it is cancerous. And so mm -hmm. what happens now? Like I can't, there's no good thing. Like I couldn't find the silver lining right. and that was very hard. Um, so it took some time. I, um, we, you know, started chemo and going through treatments. And when we found out, I think it was really when we found out that chemo wasn't working that, um, I really just had to admit that if Tyler didn't live, my life would still go on and I would have to figure out what God's plan was for me and have to mm. still be okay. And, um, and that I think was the thing where I just finally let go and said, mm -hmm. you know, I, tr I had just have to trust you, God. And I don't know what's going to come tomorrow. I don't know what's going to come the next day, but I'm just going to do the very best I can today. So, wow. I know that was <laughs> yeah. a brief synopsis of that entire experience. 
but Tyler eventually is okay and becomes a internationally medaled track athlete. And right, he's doing amazing today. Yeah, he is about to uh, start college in the fall. And he is an amputee after cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned that he wasn't responding to chemo. Mm-hmm. Um, and, she, you know, he he will say that, you know, he understands this was God's plan for his life. And mm-hmm. he embraces it. There are challenges yeah. and, and there are definitely hard things. He also understands that he's a different person because of it. And he mm-hmm. is thankful and he likes who he is and he sees how blessed he is because we know others that have not made it. Love that. Thank you for sharing that um, part of your story. I know that you are 22 at the time, very young. So to be experiencing all of that at such a young age, let me commend you. That is, a, that is wow, I cannot even imagine. But on another note, you were in school at the time. So you finished school, right? You eventually uh-huh. um, become the, the, the pharmacist, right? If uh, You got uh-huh. the MBA and now you have your doctorate. So you were able to do all of that. You were able to k- continue forward. What gave you that um, that courage to do so throughout all of what you experienced in that time frame? Um, well, I've mentioned about, you know, there are things that we can control and things that we can't. And I right. think for me, it felt like something I could control. It gave me a lot of strength and grounding and um, something that I felt fulfilled in and um, kind of like, there was a sense of normalcy when I could study, when I could, you know, like take tests, like that kind of stress was stress that I was used to. And I knew that in that scenario, it was one of those things where like, if you do X, Y, and Z, if you take these actions, you will have this result. And, you know, just like people who start a new lifestyle change, like a diet plan or a you know, uh, a new job, like whatever that looks like, you know, it was one of those things where I knew if I put these efforts in, then I could control the results. But I, but I felt so helpless and so out of control in my personal life that I needed that. And I knew that the long-term benefit was beneficial for our entire family. Mm -hmm. And my hope was that to keep in mind, like that there was a future, that there would be a future where hopefully Tyler would be healthy and, and that we would have normalcy again. And, and I'm thankful that that really ended up being the case. And all of those efforts did pay off. So I'm, I'm thankful. I love that part of your story in particular, because sometimes when we go through obstacles, April, I'm not sure if you find that, you know, just talking with other women on a day to day and what you do, but you find that sometimes it's hard to, to move forward. It's hard to create. It's hard to move forward the plans that God has, right? The visions and the goals and the dreams that he's placed inside of you. I know right now in 2020, um, many people are like 2020 shot, right? So many things have transpired this year that have made us say, you know, oh, wow, 2020 is definitely not the year that I planned. But with everything that you experienced and with everything that you've gone through, I think that you you are like a perfect case of why even in the midst of obstacle that you should continue to move forward. Absolutely. I think that at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. you, that's, you know, 
everyone, literally, you know, everyone was 2020 vision, right. 2020 <laughs> year of completion, you know, like, you know, we right. were all hyped up and cheerleaders for the year 2020. We were its biggest fan. And then, you know, March hit. <laughs> Lord. And while everyone should be on spring break, you know, we're all like dealing with the COVID right. crisis. And then now such an uproar in our country and division and, and just really um, feeling like we're, we are being bombarded mm-hmm. by Satan and from every right. angle, honestly. And, um, and I feel like part of that is because of the motivation we had at the beginning. Cause let me tell you when you make known <laughs> that you have a plan and you are going to be doing big things and you are, are running into it and running after it, then, you know, it, that's, that's the, the plan of the enemy right. is to stop us in our tracks. He doesn't want us to be blessed. He doesn't want us to move forward in victory. And I think that, um, especially as Christians, we need to be unified more than ever mm-hmm. to say, to remind ourselves of the promises of the promises of this year, but also of the promises that God makes in the scripture that, we, he is stronger than our enemy. And, and if anything, this is a test, you know, in 2020, we're only halfway through, this could still be a year of completion. for Christians. And I think, yes. And, and we have to remember that the Bible doesn't promise that life is going to be easy. And I talk about this in my book. It, It doesn't promise that adversity or trials will not come. I mean, you think about Oh, you think about Job, bless his heart. Oh, I mean, you, talk about adversity. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Job. I mean, his children were killed. His land was taken. I mean, at his, the poor man got was sick, and his wife said, "Just curse God and die." You know, like give up. And you know, and I think that we have to. Sorry to get on my my pulpit. No, <laughs> my I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> But I think that more than ever, like, this is our test and we cannot fail. Like, we have to remember that all, like, the Bible doesn't say life is going to be easy. Like, oh, become a Christian and, you know, I'm going to roll out the red carpet and you're just going to walk the rest of the way into heaven. And that's not what happens. We have to gain resilience and we have to um, really walk the way that Jesus walked as a servant leader, because our job now is to live life, claim our promises, but also become resilient and show others how to come into the fold. And we have to, we have to preach salvation, but we also are supposed to be an example. And how can we relate to someone else who's struggling if we have never struggled? Amen. Amen. And that brings me to the title of your book, which I love, by the way, No Mess, No mm-hmm. Message, which is so true. <laughs> because <laughs> even you. as you read the Bible, you will find mess in the message, right? You will find that God mm-hmm. would use the most unlikely individuals with a messy story, but give them a powerful message. So mm-hmm. how does your book relate that? Through the course of my book, I share about um, the adversity that I have faced. And, you know, I wasn't always prepared for adversity. Mm-hmm. And I talk about how what I've learned going through it, you know, it, it it's really not worth it if we can't gain resilience and help other people, right? Mm-hmm. If, if there was something, if I could go back and help the old April, you know, I would do that, but I can't, right. but I can help 
the next Eve. Right. I can help her. Right. I can um, say, listen, you're having a hard time, but this, this is what I learned in the thick of it. And these are the scriptures that you need to cling to. These are the promises that God made you and you need to receive them and you need to claim them. And, you know, you need to remember that there is perspective that you can gain from this situation. And there is a a new day on the other side. And so, you know, we got to give, we got to help uplift each other. And we couldn't do that if we didn't. If we, if we had no empathy, mm, empathy is huge. And, <laughs> yes, yes. yes. And credibility. I think really adversity is what gives us credibility yes. because if, if I'm taking advice from someone else, it's very easy to say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. So you don't know what you're talking about. Right, right, right. <laughs> but when you do know what I'm going through, I'm going to listen to you. So, you know, and I, I hope, I hope that. Um, you know, that's what no mess, no message is about because, you know, with the, once you go through the struggle, you can not only move forward from it, but you can move forward from it better. You can move forward from it in an empowered way, Mm -hmm. in a way that is wiser, in a way that is more resilient, that you can help show others the path. I opened my book with, um, with a quote that I felt, um, well, my quote, a quote of me, which I just felt inspired to share. Mm -hmm. And that kind of puts the whole book into perspective. And it says, as you build your walkway of strength, pave with positivity and grow out with grit, but then be sure to show others the path of resilience through the struggle you took so much. That's what we're doing, right? We're, we're having to build this path, but if someone else can follow behind us and have a little bit easier time than us, then it, it was worth it. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you for sharing that, um, because I do feel that a lot of us as believers are unprepared for um, trials. <laughs> I do believe mm-hmm. that we've gotten so comfortable with, um, in a way, not to say that we haven't experienced it, but because many of us who live in the United States, I should say, we, you know, we live in a first world country. We, we typically have first world problems. We're comfortable, most of us, in regards to how we live. And so now this year has made us uncomfortable mm-hmm. and this year has showed us, um, uh, showed us differently about suffering and to look at suffering differently. At least it has for me mm-hmm. um, in understanding what it means to suffer and suffer um, with joy, right? Mm-hmm. And w- yeah. having a, a peace in the suffering mm-hmm. and, um, and trust in God during the time of suffering. And I think that those of us who have experienced trials and tribulations, it does qualify us to speak to those things and be able to equip and teach others on how to do it well. Because that's something that we've lacked in the church on how to, how I feel, I feel anyway, that we've lacked on how to mentor and train up and equip and disciple um, each other on how to suffer and with joy and with peace and with still having trust in God and how to... Um, pour back into others, even in the midst of suffering. So I love, yes. I love that. I love that. And one of the things that I mentioned in my book too, is that helping is very healing. So not only are you helping someone else, but some of the biggest, um, you know, I think some of the biggest healing that I have had has been in knowing mm-hmm. that I, I help someone else find hope again. I love um, that. Yeah. And I think that that's something that 
we do, you know, it's our nature. I actually have a whole chapter about being selfish and it's our nature to be selfish, you know, it's, and so, uh, but, and even as Christians, like we're not immune to being human just because we're safe. We don't wake up the next day and we're like, and, you know, wake up like, in mm-hmm, white mm-hmm. angel clothing with wings and a halo. Like it, that's not what it is. Like we have to struggle every day to be more like Christ. We have to learn and we can't be like Christ unless we learn, unless we read the Bible and learn like really what it is to be like him. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think that we, it's our tendency to be selfish, but when we realize like the world is bigger than us and we really start to open our eyes and connect with others believers and non-believers because non-believers need us more than believers do. Jesus sat at the table with sinners. And, you know, I mean, that's our goal is we're supposed to be fisher of men, but when, when they see that we're not perfect and we still try every day, then it gives them encouragement to see that maybe they're also worthy. Right, right, right. I love um, one of the things that you put in your questionnaire is that in times of struggle, you know, we feel alone and we want to isolate. And mm-hmm. we want to keep ourselves separate from community. And you, um, you shared how ha- sh- sharing support, being supportive, empathizing with others can absolutely be helpful and healing. I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. I absolutely Thank love you. that. Yes, yes, yes. One of the things that you shared also in the questionnaire, which I truly believe um, is so good for right now, is you say, I believe that we have a responsibility to learn from our past learn from each other, and share our message to lift each other up. Now, with mm-hmm. everything that we got going now, <laughs> we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, instead of learning from our past, we're, we're tearing it down, right? We're trying to mm-hmm. erase it. Um, yes. We're not listening to each other. We're not learning from each other. Um, and uh, we're sharing a message, but the message is divisive. What are your thoughts of right now, how as a nation, as women, moms, uh, what can we do? What what part can we take in doing our part as Christians, as believers? Hey, ladies, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this message. Hey, 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 ladies. Being Eve in Adam's World is still available to you for purchase. You may not be able to get a signed copy, but you still can get your very own copy of this amazing book. This book is now available on Amazon and all platforms where books are sold. And you can also click the link in my bio to get the very special discount that is offered to you as my listeners of the Being Eve podcast. So head on over to the show notes, click the link in that bio and get your copy of Being Eve in Adam's World today. Hey there, ladies, welcome back. So I'm sure you're here to hear the remaining conversation between Dr. April Jones and I, especially now that I asked her that question, you want the answer, right? Well, you're going to have to wait just a little bit longer as part two will not be released until this upcoming Thursday, October 15th. So meet me right back here at Being Eve to hear more from Dr. April Jones. See you soon. Well, ladies, thank you for tuning in. 
I hope this episode blessed you as much as it did me. Before we depart, a quick reminder to head on over to the show notes where you will find all the info to keep in contact with Being Eve and to learn more about our guests. Make sure to let them know Being Eve sent you. Last but certainly not least, ladies, don't forget to review, share, and subscribe. This is your opportunity to let the whole world know where we gather for absolutely free. As always, ladies, please continue to love, live, and thrive without losing the authentic you.